Good news that we get together to celebrate tonight. That's what Christmas is, right? That incredible acknowledgement that Jesus invaded the world, that God became flesh. Like Isaiah would say in another verse, Emmanuel, God with us. Tonight we get together again and we just acknowledge what a miracle it is to be able to receive that grace and that truth that Jesus became one of us. As we do that, we're going to look at that experience again through the lens of Isaiah, that prophet. And uh, he was a prophet to Israel, and he prophesied some 700 years before uh, Jesus came into the world. And yet, he could look forward and understand what God was going to do. And as he spoke about the prophecy of the one that was, that was coming, he spoke into the real lives of people. He spoke into Israel's time when, when Israel was struggling, when things were difficult. And if you go back into Isaiah and you look at Isaiah 8, remember it talks about it being a time of darkness. It says, look to God's instructions and teaching. People who contradict his words are completely where? In the dark, right? And that's what he's speaking to. He's speaking to a time when Israel's in the dark, when people have wandered away from uh, following God's instructions and teaching. And if you look at the verses uh, that follow 21 and 22, you can see he describes what it's like to be in the dark. And you can catch phrases there like weary and hungry. You can see him talking about trouble and anguish and dark despair. And none of that is capturing peace. It is the opposite end. And Isaiah is speaking then to say, look, this is the way life can become. If you're in that place tonight, you may feel like, yeah, boy, I know that. This is where I am. Life can be filled with despair. Life can have its anguish and its difficulty. And Isaiah is speaking to you tonight and saying, here is good news. Because to us, a child is born. That's where it comes in that Isaiah 9 passage that we've been looking at. He starts out saying, nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever, right? So there's an answer to darkness and despair. And the answer that Isaiah gives, the answer that God gives to that is not a bunch of platitudes and a bunch of teachings. What he gives is a person. It says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. That God chooses to move us from darkness over into light. He chooses to make our lives something greater than we can imagine. To move us from despair and difficulty and give us the opportunity to live a different kind of life. And he does that by a person. That's what Christmas is. Christmas is that experience of God invading the world into our darkness. And creating the possibility in one person that our lives can be changed and that we can live in a different way. And he captures that way by describing what this person can do in our lives. He says the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called, say it with me, will you? We've been doing it. You ready? Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. That's what we're going to look at tonight, the last one, prince of peace. What does it mean for Jesus to invade this world and be that Prince of Peace in our lives. The first word, word Prince, is the word Tsar in uh, Hebrew. It means the one in charge, Lord, uh, General. You uh, may be able to identify it as other cultures adopted that same word and that same principle. Uh, so, for instance, the Romans adopted it. 
And uh, so you got fellows like Julius Caesar. See the word? Caesar. Or the Russians, they adopted it. And, of course, uh, there was a time when uh, other people ran Russia, and uh, they were known as czars, right? Czars, C, right? It's the same deal. The deal is it's trying to describe that experience of one that is in charge. Here's the deal. To call Jesus the Prince of Peace is to be able to say and understand he needs to be in charge. He's got to be the one in charge because he's the Prince of Peace. It means he's in charge of peace. The avenue to peace comes only through him because that's what he does. He's in charge of peace. He controls peace. And we can see that in his ministry. We can see it in his life. So uh, he's in the boat and he's sleeping away, perfectly peaceful. The storm comes up. The disciples get all excited. Jesus is awakened and they say, Lord, what are you going to do? And what does he do? He calms the storm and there is calm. He brings peace to the situation. Or we can see other situations and even go to that place in his own life. When he's experiencing cruelty, he's experiencing everything that the darkness has to throw against him. And even while he's being beaten, and even while he's on trial for something that he's totally innocent of, right? Even while he's going to the cross, Jesus expresses himself always calm and in control. How could he do that? How could he do that, given what he faced? I mean, we have a little something go wrong in our life, and what do we do? We shout at the wind, right? Things get a little askew, and things get out of whack, and we have some troubles come in, and we stomp and fuss and fume and shout at the wind. Jesus didn't do that. How could he do that? Because Isaiah was right. He is the prince, the czar. He is the prince of peace. He understands it. He orders it. He controls it. You see, he is that prince, and he is the one that can bring peace. Now, they called peace the word shalom, right? In the Hebrew, shalom, it means rest, tranquility, wholeness, uh, completeness, right? And none of those words are really big enough to capture the fullness of what shalom means. So I tried to find a picture that would relate to all ages here and be able to capture Uh, what that might look like. So here's my Christmas picture for you. (laughs) Does it work? (laughs) Right? It's like, well, if it's in Florida or Arizona, it really works. Right? Yeah. Right. No, but I mean, you you get the gist, right? It's like, wow, this is great. Wow, that feels so wonderful. Right? Shalom. What does it mean to say... Jesus is the prince, the one in charge of Shalom. If you want to find that place in your life where life begins to be complete and full, it comes from the one who's in charge of peace. It means you and I have to be able to understand The avenue for us and what we celebrate tonight is it's now available to us because Jesus came into the world. 
the opportunity is there for us. That we can put Jesus in charge. We can, we can take all those situations that bring us trouble, all those situations that bring us despair, all the situations that bring us anguish, and we can put Jesus in charge. We can put Jesus in charge of everything that's going on in our days. The Prince of Peace came into the world 2,000 years ago, but he came into the world to exist and rule in our lives every single day. The angels, when they appeared to those shepherds, right, in Luke 2, they, they showed us, they hinted at this for us. If you look at Luke 2, it says the angels showed up, they reassured the shepherds, and they said, don't be afraid. That's peace language. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news. It's going to bring you great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today. Do you remember when we used the word Tsar? Do you remember what one definition was? The guy in charge and Lord, Lord. What came at Christmas? Our Lord, the guy in charge. And when you, when you understand that, when you let Jesus be in charge of your life, when you let him not just invade Christmas in a manger 2,000 years ago, but when you let him invade into the circumstances and the situations of your every day, he is the one that can do what you can't do. He can bring you a peace that you cannot achieve on your own because he is the Prince of Peace. He's talking to his disciples before he leaves. He knows they're going to face trouble after he's gone. And what does he say to them in John 14? I'm leaving you, but I'm going to leave you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. See, we can't find this peace. We can't experience this in any other avenue that the world could offer us. You can try this. You can try that. You can escape with this or try to escape with that. But the anxiety and the despair will chase after you. The only place it gets solved is in Jesus, in this incredible gift of the Prince of Peace, when you put him in charge. And when you put him in charge, you'll find you're going to start thinking different. You're going to start acting different. You're going to start behaving different. Why? Because he's in charge. And, and he'll lead you into paths that will uh, open up the possibilities of your future. Paul describes it this way. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. See how that works? We celebrate at Christmas is not just Jesus came into the world, but he came into the world to be in our every day. And we can let him take charge of every day. And all the worries and all the anxieties and all the despair and all the struggles and the troubles that we face, he is able to deal with it because he is prince and he is prince of peace. What that brings us to is an incredible observation, an incredible biblical truth. You ready? Just think about this one the rest of the holiday season, right? Just an incredible truth. It's, a, it's the idea and the understanding that peace is not a proposition. It's a person. 
Peace isn't a proposition. It's a person. You see all those, those uh, you know, the, the young women that win the beauty contests, and they say, if you could ask for one thing in, in the world, what would you ask for? And, of course, they always answer, I would like world peace. Okay, you saw that movie, Miss Congeniality. Didn't you see that movie? It's what they always ask, like world peace, right? And the trouble is they're thinking that somehow it comes because it's a proposition. It doesn't come that way. It comes because it's a person. It's a person. If you look at Ephesians 2, at one time you were far away from God. You weren't at peace. You were far away from God. But now you belong to Christ Jesus. He spilled his blood for you. This has brought you near to God. Christ himself is what? Our peace. You see that? Peace isn't a proposition. Peace is a person. What we celebrate is that in Christmas, God not only invaded the world, but he invaded the world, and his son came and did what we couldn't do for ourselves, and he spilled his blood, and he forgave us of all the things that, of which we're ashamed. He forgave us of all the things of which we're guilty, and he accomplished the ability of peace in our lives. Because after all, he is the prince of peace. That's what Scripture reaffirms. Colossians, it says, for God, is, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him God reconciled, meaning brought peace, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Now, here's a cool thing. That word everything there, you know what that means, right? It means everything. And if it means everything, that includes you. That's what he did. That includes you. To make peace in your life. To get you right with the Creator God. To get your life out of the darkness and into the light. To be able to give you the opportunity to deal with the struggles and the challenges that are going to come into your life so that regardless of the circumstances now, you can live a life that has some peace, an incredible peace the world can't understand. If you look at Isaiah again, this is what he talked about. Isaiah said, And this righteousness will bring peace. Yes, it will bring quietness and confidence forever. My people will live in safety, quietly at home. They will be at rest. Now, here's two great words in the middle of this text. Two great words. You ready for the words? Even if, even if, even if my people, when Christ is in charge, when the Prince of Peace is ruling, when the Prince of Peace is in your every day, even if, even if there's all kinds of trouble, even if you lose your job, even if you're having relationship issues, even if things fall out of the bottom of the barrel here, even if things go haywire, even if there's a great catastrophe, even if the forest should be destroyed or the city torn down, Look what he says. The Lord will greatly bless his people. Why? Because we have the Prince of Peace. And the Prince of Peace is in charge of our life. And if we have the Prince of Peace, and the Prince of Peace is in charge of our life, then nothing can overtake that. Nothing can change that. Nothing can take that away from us. Paul says in Philippians, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. 
Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live where? In Christ Jesus, the Prince of Peace. When we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate not just that 2,000 years ago, Jesus invaded the world and became flesh, but we celebrate the opportunity that every single day he can invade our lives, he can invade our troubles, and he can take charge and be the Prince of Peace. And we know if we let him in, if we surrender to him, he can overcome. He said it himself in John 16, saying to his followers, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you're going to have many trials and sorrows. That's the way it is. But take heart. Why? Because I have overcome the world. The good news for us is we have a Prince of Peace. We have a Prince of Peace. He invaded the world and he's ready to invade your life tonight. He's ready to invade your tomorrow. He's ready to be in charge of whatever the future holds for you. And he is ready to see to it that your life becomes more than you can make it yourself. Isaiah made that clear as he wrapped up that prophecy in Isaiah 9, saying, His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. Here's the truth of Christmas. Christmas proves to us that God is passionately and compassionately committed to your life. He is passionately and compassionately committed to your life. And that's why he invaded the world. And that's why he sent the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight. We thank you that we can celebrate such good news. The angels proclaimed it. Isaiah proclaimed it long before. We celebrate that Jesus not only came into the world 2,000 years ago, but he comes into our world right now, right in this place. And he's ready to invade our tomorrow, to invade any of the challenges and the struggles and the difficulties and be able to be not only our wonderful counselor to guide us through it, not only the everlasting Father who's willing to walk with us in compassion and kindness, not only the mighty God who's willing to work for our benefit and our good, but he's ready to be the prince, the guy in charge, and to bring us peace. Father, we pray tonight that we could receive him in all his fullness. We ask this through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.